0: And now, the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is B.C. Food & Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save-On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're on our grape escape in the Kelowna area this week, and we are uh, decked out at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Joining us is Craig McCulloch. He's the vice president, and Jesse Harnon, the GM. It's a brand-new winery uh, on the West Side Trail. And what a place, gentlemen. Thanks for having us today. Uh, we can't get over this building.
2: Welcome to our new not-so-humble abode.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, it is uh, well, stunning, spectacular. Wh- wh-
1: where do you start with a winery like this? Did you have a plan? I mean, the winery was open, then it was re- rebuilt, uh, reimagined, I think. or Did, did you change direction, or wh- how did you... Yeah, Make I, mean, that happen,
4: Jesse. I mean,
2: as you know, uh, the biggest asset for Mount Boucherie uh, since the late 60s has always been uh, great vineyards, uh, farmed yeah. over 200 acres of vines in O.K. Falls, Golden Mile, South Coston, and then here in West Kelowna. Uh, but what people often didn't know was that, uh, well, didn't know that story, and we had this you know, more modest, humble kind of tasting room, and uh, that's how we told the story. Uh, Sunny purchased this in April 2016 with a vision to, you know, have a guest experience that reflected the quality of our vineyards. And uh, we really want people to come here, hear the stories of of the vines, but also an experience that's, uh, you know, really dialed and polished, but humble and... Mm-hmm. Somewhat modest, when modest. we say. Yeah. Check out the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the restaurant is known as the Modest Butcher, and that sort of a little reflects a bit of the ethos here where we're taking the wine very seriously, but not ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, people are going to learn a lot about uh, what's going on here. One, you actually you plan to sell uh, some imported wine as well in the restaurant, which is kind of a cool idea.
2: Yeah, a lot of people say it's a terrible idea, and why would you, you know cut your margins or whatever but I, I think uh, Craig and I were both really passionate about putting our wines up against some benchmarks from other you know areas in the world so you know we take Syrah really seriously at our sister winery Rust and so we thought let's put Rust against uh, a Barossa Shiraz and a Northern mm-hmm. Rhone Syrah and you know it's not about whether you like one better than the other it's about having the confidence to, to put your wines yeah. in, a, in context.
1: So you'll rotate that uh, every month or something just do a different look at it. Yeah so we're, or...
2: we're always going to have a feature flight So I think the first one will be, we have a a Jemais Cote de Rhone coming in. We have the Torbrecht uh, Shiraz, and we'll Mm -hmm. put that up with rust and just allow people to not just experience our wine, but go, this is where the Okanagan or Semilkameen stands in relation to the Northern Rhone or to Barossa or whatever. Just give it a little bit more of an educational experience. that Mm -hmm. uh.
1: And what about the position here, Craig? Uh, You're very close to Kelowna. They're just on the other side of the lake. You're also just off the connector. It's a pretty hot spot to be in.
5: Yeah, it's a busy. Well, it's always been a busy, busy road, but uh, uh, the location is great. We're trying to bring people in tourists, but local people as well. We're trying to bring people from Colona and East Colona uh, here, and we're seeing uh, during the day, during the week, a lot of locals come to see us. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of locals come to see the taste the wines and enjoy their restaurant. So um, the location for us is spectacular. We think it's a, it's a good place to be. Some
3: will you be open for lunch and dinner at the Modest Butcher? Yeah,
5: you betcha. You. We're going to open uh, 11, I think the restaurant is open from 11 to 8, 7 days a week, and we'll keep that going right through. Through the whole year. Yeah. So I gotta, it's become a neighborhood restaurant, yeah, hopefully. We have a lot of great um, discussions with, lo- with the residents around here that they wanted a place that they could come and walk to and um, a local neighborhood restaurant. So yeah. that's what we're trying to... Speaking try to of to. residences, there's a couple of odd-looking buildings beside
1: the winery, mm-hmm. too. Is that... To Are they part of the winery? That's just more
2: modesty. Um, (laughs) There are going to be three guest homes uh, that will be available to rent out. Uh, They're all six to eight bedroom houses. And as we discussed last night, one's going to be decked out with a golf simulator. And we plan to next spring have a concierge program where we'll set you up at Tower Ranch or Black Mountain or Predator Ridge. But you can warm up in the basement with Pebble Beach. So there's a
1: a fun ethos here at Mount Boucherie. It's the, the wines are serious, the, the, everything's done to perfection, but there's fun involved in almost everything. Well, I've everything. always complained
2: about Craig's lack of professionalism, but he's the <laughs> boss, so I just have to follow suit. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but I think that's important to note that uh, the staff that we have here, you know, Jesse and I meet these people, and we interview them, we hire them, but their personality is a large part of what we of what we go on. Mm-hmm. there a talented vineyard manager, we've got a talented couple of winemakers and a talented chef, but... It's their personality, or their their willingness to kind of roll up the sleeves, but have fun while we're here, and I yeah. think that, I think that comes across when you walk into the building, and I think that's, uh, it's a big part of what we do here.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I think you're going to have a lot of success here. Uh, people must come. You'd have to come and now spend an hour or so just wandering around this building. And uh, uh, you have the all the social distancing tasting. You've got a lot of outside space, too, at mm-hmm. the moment. And it looks like it's going to be heated as well. So yeah. so there'll be plenty of room for people to come in and check out. But uh, I guess it's all appointment now, or can you drop by? Or does oh, you it can depend? pop on
2: in, yeah. We were really strict about the reservations. Yeah. Um, before Labor Day, but uh, now that it's slowing down a bit, we're uh, just kind yeah. of getting them in as long as it's safe. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, we can't dig, uh, wait to dig in a bit. We're going to taste some wine, talk to some winemakers, and uh, learn more about the new uh, new and improved, well, improved is completely revamped Mount Boucherie. Just a fantastic facility here on the west side in Kelowna. So we'll take a quick break, but there's plenty more uh, coming up on the show. Don't go away. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm
3: Casey Wilson. We'll
1: be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and
0: Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon
6: Foods. The B.C. wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save-On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of B.C. VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save-On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com slash wine.
7: Rediscover the South Okanagan good life at Watermark Beach Resort, Soya's Hotel and Conference Centre. Just steps to everything. The beach, shopping, the marina and great dining at the restaurant at Watermark. New executive chef Nick Atkins invites you to indulge your senses with bright new flavours inside or on the newly expanded lakeside patio featuring new health and safety protocols and procedures. Reservations are highly recommended. Celebrate the South Okanagan. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com. The Wine Center at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery is waiting for you. Welcome to the new home of hospitality in the Okanagan. The wine shop is open for tastings, and the Modest Butcher Restaurant is ready to welcome you with the best dining experience in Okanagan wine country. Walk-ins are being accepted for tastings and dining, but reservations are still recommended. For the safety of guests and staff, extra cleaning, sanitization, and physical distancing protocols are also in place. For more information and updated developments, please visit mtboucherie.com.
8: Tony and Barb Holler, owners of Poplar Grove Winery, on farming in the Okanagan. The thing we've probably learned most is that the weather is never the
6: same from year to year. And you have to adjust your farming practice according to the weather God gives you. It's just the way it is.
7: Patience to wait for your grapes to mature and nothing is on a schedule. If your grapes need to develop their tannins and their sugars, you have to have the courage to wait.
8: Enjoy the results. Join the wine club at
0: poplargrove.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is the man. Uh, we've talked a lot about food and buildings and uh, all kinds of things, but without the wine, there's nothing. <laughs> uh, our guest is Jeff Huntermark. He is uh, the winemaker here at Mount Bushery, and he's uh, overseas. He's the director of wines for both Mount Bushery and Rust. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having Thanks you. for having us at your brand-new winery. <laughs> Are you happy to have a harvest here? Oh,
9: you have no idea <laughs>
1: <laughs> things are where they should be or might be or could be.
9: things are doing great,
1: yeah, yeah that's yeah. fantastic uh to have to, to be able to have that now it it's so important to have the right not just the right equipment but the space and all the rest of that to to make it work,
9: yeah, if you don't have the space it's it's pretty tough slugging, yeah you're trying to find uh as whatever container you can to fill
1: mm-hmm yeah, you're another transplant. I am. You've come out of Ontario yeah, to to that. BC. No, we love that. We love that. Uh, I've been to. You worked at Mary Nissen. I think? did. Yeah, and That's where I got my Stony start. Stony Ridge. Stony Ridge. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so are you. Are you set here now? Is it? Is it what you thought it would be, or? Uh, and
9: and, th- and then some, I think. Yeah. yeah, I've been here three years now, and I just w- have not. Uh, you're not
3: back going. You're not going back. Not going back. No. And you were a restaurateur, a psalm and then a winemaker. Yeah. So, what did
1: we love that?
3: What did being a psalm do to help you make wine?
9: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think uh, being a psalm you you have a really, obviously a really great understanding of the the wine, where it is, and and. Uh, um, where it's going to as a winemaker you you want to know where it's come from and how it's done and and uh, I think knowing the end product and understanding the end product really helps me a lot yeah. in knowing how to get there yes. and how yeah.
1: it's sold right so yeah you, absolutely yeah what sells yeah. yeah okay well let's start with Mount Boucherie what is the mm. you you're here now what is the ethos what's the philosophy how are you shaping the wines here Try to stay
9: sane, mostly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're we're uh, you know Mount Bushery's always been about uh, bl- you know blending the the blocks of vines we have throughout the Okanagan and yeah. Similkameen, I
1: which is a wide reach of big areas. Yeah,
9: big area. We've got uh, about 200 acres of of planted vines, and and uh, it's it's always been a real interesting uh, way to p- construct wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now focusing a little bit more on on single. Uh, single vineyard yep. single block uh, uh
1: wines as well right and uh w- big differences from south to north to varieties are you concentrating on varieties or just on sites good sites i don't know sometimes it's we, yeah. <laughs> sometimes the site's better than the variety yeah
9: well i think in the beginning the the planting stru- uh, strategy here was let's whatever we've got let's put it in the ground and see what what goes yeah. well Um, you know, we've got a wide selection of varieties throughout the both valleys. And, and, uh, I think we're now sort of honing in on what, uh, what is growing well in a certain climate and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to, um, maybe remove some of the ones that shouldn't be where they are and, and, and fill in with, with good, good varieties.
1: So last night at dinner, we, we went through a whole range of wines, Mm. a a new range of wines, I guess we could say. Uh, reserve wines tell us a bit about that program and how that'll get rolled out
9: so this is our um, um, it's called original vines is the name of the the wine series and it's a it's a, um, a series of wines that we've chosen to uh, highlight the oldest blocks we have in uh, on our properties mm-hmm. so the the vines uh, by nature have to be uh, planted pre uh, 2000 but uh, most cases they're Planted in the early '90s and, and '80s, yeah. Um, so you know, we're we're doing um, uh, some semillon from uh, from the Okanagan Falls area. We've got um, uh, Gewurztraminer from the Golden Mile. We've got Cabernet Low, uh, Cab Franc Merlot from uh, Okanagan Falls, and we've got a Cab So from the Similkameen. Mm. Yeah. And they were delicious. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. They were really yeah, they good. turned yeah. out well.
1: Yeah, I think you got to be happy about that. Mm. And how do you balance, like you're working at Rust too, so it's an, it, there's another different philosophy too at that winery.
9: Absolutely. Yeah, Rust is uh, completely different from what we're doing at Boucherie. The whole concept there is is identifying uh, individual terroir. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do, you know, three or four different uh, Syrahs yeah. coming from three or four different regions uh, in, the, in the valley. Uh, we're, you know, looking at Gewürztraminer from two two different properties. We're, you know, uh, Merlot's from, from four uh, different properties as well. Uh, all, all owned by us, but just uh, located in different different areas.
3: In the mm-hmm. South Okanagan.
9: South Okanagan all the way up to Okanagan Falls, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'm very impressed. You went back to winemaking when you were 40 years old. My goodness, how <laughs> difficult was that? That was two years ago.
9: <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, being a being a restaurateur, you know, it it, uh, it kicked the, the poop out of me for uh, for lack of a better word, but it was a very hard slug for 25 years, and yes. then, um, you know, I developed a real passion for wine. Thought I'd uh, I'd uh, you know, discover it more through the sommelier program, so I became a sommelier in in the 80s or sorry the 90s, and then. Um, you know as i finished that and i finished up my restaurant career i started teaching the program in Algonquin College in in Ottawa and uh at one point there i just decided you know what i i i really have this passion for how wine's grown i want to learn more about it so i uh decided to pack up my uh you, my you my house dark and <laughs> 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 move down to Niagara and uh and, and then uh you know, went to we took the sommelier pro- or sorry, the uh, winemaking program, but w- totally intended to be a farmer. <laughs> right? Didn't work as
1: yeah. as a farmer. No. It's you're too vi- dirty. you're very much. You're a bit of a rock star in Ontario. So <laughs> no. we're excited that you're you're out here in BC. Uh, and uh,
3: Jeff, if you were going to start mm. all over, what what would you have done?
9: I would have started winemaking a lot. You earlier. would have. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's fun. I mean, having um, you know. Now 15 years uh, underneath my belt. Um, I really wish I had 30 years. I see some, uh, you know, some of the mistakes I made early on in my career. Um, I think, you know, I've kind of uh, ironed them all out now. And I think we're really, uh, uh, I really wish I had more time to. I'm approaching
1: 43 now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah same as me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jeff Huntermark. He's the winemaker at uh, Mount Boucherie. Uh, and uh, the wine director for Mount Boucherie and uh, Rust Winery, we've been talking uh, up and down the valley to people. What, we'd like to get a little picture of the 2020 harvest from you. What's your thoughts on what's going on out there at the moment?
9: It's been an interesting year, I'll tell you. Yeah, the uh, you know it started out the the growing season started out pretty rough with uh, with rain and and uh, wind, um, kind of knocked the the. Yields down a little bit, but I think uh, it's really making a comeback now. Yeah, uh, The grapes are starting to really plump up. The flavors are incredible. They're, the berries are small, mm-hmm. uh, but the flavors are incredible, and that's fantastic for winemaking. It's not so great for the uh, people for the paying the bills. But, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. there'll be a little less volume. A little bit less volume. Well, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we'll know we'll when see. it's all in. Yeah, we'll yeah. know when it's
1: all in. When do you think you'll wrap it up? Have you been calculating those dates or... <laughs>
9: We just started last week uh, on a couple of different varieties, and we were probably looking at uh, probably the cabs coming in uh, late October, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And what's your favorite part of the harvest?
9: Uh, I would say normally when it's done. done. (laughs) 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 I honestly, I I start to sleep a little better once I know everything's in tank. Yes. It's 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 exhausting. Well, it's not even exhausting as much as it's just stressful, mm-hmm. you yes. know, trying to get everything in on time and, and in a, you know, timely fashion, but orderly, it's got to make yeah, sense.
1: Have a know. space for it. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Get the tanks clean and everything. That's yeah, a big absolutely. job. There's a lot of logistics. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, we say that's what you have the whole year for, right? To get well, that's right. what we don't do anything
9: else. Yeah. yeah. Winemaking all about harvest and then sitting around. Exactly. Playing golf <laughs> and skiing. Uh, the, uh,
1: <laughs> if, if people don't know Mount Bushry, they, mm-hmm. they come to the new winery today or tomorrow, this weekend or uh, next week which wine would you like them to take away to think about, you know, to get in touch with Mount Boucherie?
9: There's so many really exciting things we're doing. Uh, I really, I'm so stoked on the, on the original vine wines. Yeah. My favorite wine, my go-to wine at home is our Passe du Grin, the PTG. Yeah. Uh, Pinot Noir, Very Gamay Noir, Pinot Gris blend, uh, yeah. all field blends. So it's all co- comes in from the same block from the same vineyard. Yeah. All brought in at the same time and processed the same way. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's, To me, it's delicious. It was delicious. We had that last night.
1: Just light and refreshing, and red, red fruited, and just fun to drink. Yeah,
9: that's to me. That's you know, if I could recommend the one winemaker recommendation, that would be the one. Yeah, that would
1: it. Yeah, Uh, Jeff, so great to catch up with you. I know you got to get back to harvest, but uh, it's been fun, and we look forward to the new releases. Those original vines, folks, you really have to uh, check them out.
3: How great to be married to a restaurateur and a winemaker.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's got a pretty lovely wife, too, I think. He does. She, he's lucky <laughs> He's lucky to be with her, too. I have no idea how I lucked into this one, Yeah, I know uh, she's, she's an awesome woman. There you go. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Jeff. Good thank luck with 2020. Much, yeah, thank yeah, you. Fantastic thank you. place. Thanks, thank you. Jeff Hundermark, he's the winemaker here at uh, Mount Boucherie's new spectacular winery on the west side here in Kelowna. There's plenty more to come. Stick around. Jesse Harnden, and uh, he's the GM over at Rust Wine, and Brent Thiessen, who's the viticulturalist, will join us next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm
3: Casey Wilson. We'll be
1: right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part
0: by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods.
8: Calling all winemakers, craft brewers, cider makers, or artisan distillers. Canada's first wine village is coming and you could be a part of it. Located at the gateway to Canada's wine capital in Oliver, the village provides turnkey, low capital production facilities that are available for lease starting now. But with space for only 16 artisan producers, the time to act is now to be part of history and start crafting your unique story. To learn more, visit districtwinevillage.com. Hillside Winery
6: is here to serve you, B.C. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca.
4: Summer may be officially over, but not at Spirit Ridge Resort. Their Endless Summer continues until October 31st. Book three nights and get a $75 credit that you can use at any of their many on-site activities. From Solterra Spa Services, golfing at Sonora Dunes, dining at the Bear, the Fish, the Root and the Berry. Even wakeboarding with Wake Pilot Rentals. Spirit Ridge has it all. Book today and quote Endless Summer to experience the beauty of Spirit Ridge. Part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Visit spiritridge.com. CA
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're moving from Mount Boucherie to a sister winery, Rust Wine. Uh, Jesse Harden, general manager, joins us along with Brett Thiessen, who is the uh, manager of viticulture for all of both or both estates gentlemen welcome back to the show
2: kindly great Thanks to for
1: have you here great me. to have a farmer finally on the
10: show there we go i feel yeah. very underdressed but yeah good thing <laughs> oh i thought you were walk. talking about let me. <laughs> me let me suggest that you
1: are underdressed should i put
10: the shirt back on or yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's a pretty good <laughs> like do you have a pitchfork or something look good? <laughs> in the truck yeah with the the
1: goats yeah there you go great to see you yeah. Uh, it's your time of the year you're oh. the star you're you're the man who, yeah uh, it,
10: for, forgive me if i look tired it's probably just because i'm tired but um yeah it's it's the time of year we're we're kind of off to the races we've been bringing in fruit from further south and some milkamine mean- Uh, almost every day or every two days. Well,
1: winemakers like to brag about them walking the rows and eating it and saying now's the time to pick, but don't they really just rely on you to do that?
10: I probably eat my body weight in grapes at least once, maybe twice a week. Um, I I do a lot of the sampling, send it to the the smarter brains. They tell me if the numbers look good, and then I just make sure it comes off the vines. Yeah. So it's a bit of a a fun dance to do every day and walk the rose taste it and see do you have a
1: crack crew of 700 pickers or how how does it work
10: in some years probably but this year has been a bit of a tough one like uh, seven we've 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 got a really good group that we've got going through it's just we really have to manage when we're picking what we're picking and how much we can actually do in a day to make it make sense for
1: for for people who don't know grapes ripen at a different times so Mm -hmm. what what is the sort of what sort of grapes come first and second and third and all that sort of thing so
10: we're usually picking our sparkling uh whites and if you're doing reds that are sparkling um you pick those a little earlier you want a little higher acid a little lower sugar because when you do actually do that uh addition to make it ferment in the bottle you can actually sweeten it up so if you pick it with too much sugar right away your alcohol is going to be too high and you're going to lose that acid right so we pick for bubbles a little bit earlier, and then we go into some of the lighter whites and then yep. into the more aromatic whites once they get a little more sugar. Yeah. And then we start rolling into some of the softer reds and, uh, and rosés. And then um, no. basically we're we're going to be going into some of the, the heavier reds. Uh, this year feels a little different. We might be early to mid-October instead of late. But, uh, yeah, it seems like every year is a little bit different on timing. We've got some blocks coming off 10 days early this year and other blocks that are five days behind.
1: Jesse said he wants to pick cab in December because he
2: just enjoys I his mornings. I reflecting on how grape growing is so much easier than sales. Yeah, uh. yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So
3: what do you do after all that time and all that energy is expended? Is there a holiday in the future?
10: Oh, no, it's it basically by the time we get... Uh, Get all the fruit off. You're finally or catching up on paperwork and and trying to work on a whole bunch of the logistical nightmares that are already too late to hand in. But then it's straight into planning for pruning and yeah. getting your crew in.
1: And people don't really understand, but you have to shut down a vineyard too, do you not? Like you pick the grapes and then there something has to be done to put them to bed. Yeah, sort of.
10: there's there's taking the nets off. Um, just kind of you. Some people will spray to shut down the vines a little bit sooner so they harden off before it gets really cold. Um, you can water, and you, it's not advised that you add any nutrients because then they don't go to sleep mm-hmm. on time. But what does harden? What does harden off mean? Well, when you go from the the growing green tissue on your shoots to the the solid brown wood, right? Um, and that's when your plant starts to store its nutrients for the next spring, so it's got something mm-hmm. ready to pop out the gates with. So, uh,
1: okay, we uh, thanks for that. That was very informative. the the We have a wine here that I want to talk about. First, I want to start with you because it's a rust wine, not a Mount Boucherie wine. Do you do different viticulture for rust than you do for Mount Boucherie or not? Um, it How It depends. Does that work? Just,
10: just the cropping is the only thing that I do a little bit different. So we, we still farm it all as, you know, as smart and sustainable as possible. Um, we're farming everything zero-systemic, zero-synthetic, and we're really just trying to bring some life back into the soil, which is going to turn life back into our fruit. Um the only difference is with rust since we make a little bit less of it, we just crop a little bit lower we just really focus on having um, all the energy go into very specific fruit instead of just seeing how much can we get on here we're growing a lot more with purpose in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and rust is one of those ones where we definitely need to have a little bit more uh, a little bit more love and TLC in these small blocks, but everything gets the same care and and love in general. Our
1: guests are Jesse Harnden, He's the GM uh, at Rust Wine, and Brett Thiessen is the manager of viticulture for both uh, Rust and Mount Boucherie.
3: Starting with Brett, I want to ask you what your favorite time or your favorite thing during this time, harvest time, to do sleep (laughs) it's it's few and far between uh, like almost a millennial uh, (laughs) these these four hour
10: nights are are, they're adding up early this year but it's just it's a four hour nights well it depends we we can't get as many pickers as we need so there's a little longer longer hours in stage picking so um yeah we're we're getting through it i think probably my favorite part is seeing the reaction from the winemakers that there's been some blocks where I'm so excited for and then I see them kind of go eh. and then there's blocks where I'm like oh that, I don't love this and then they go oh wow this is amazing it's just finding what <laughs> what they're looking for what I'm looking for and, and making that all line up for next year it's, mm-hmm. it's the anticipation of you know what are we going to get and how great is it going to be what
1: are you looking for Jesse you have to sell the stuff
2: yeah for sure uh, well Obviously, a good quality product. I mean, talking about this Gamay, for example, I think one of the things that I I think is one of the calling cards of British Columbia is that we do have vintage variation. And I know you've tasted uh, this wine a couple of times, and the 19 couldn't be more different than the 17 and 18. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that excites me about, you know, reflecting on a harvest after the fact, of course, is just, uh, you know, what did this vintage bring us? And uh, in this particular case, 19 is all about freshness and zippiness and Poundability and uh, it's right up my alley. And you Smash- brought a big ability. bottle. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I heard you I were coming, it. so it's was big like, you know. might as well Take a, a Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: But people should think about that, especially, well, um, Christmas isn't that close, but Thanksgiving is like. You should pick up a Magnum.
2: I was thinking more for lunch, but yeah, no, Christmas too. Uh, but the reason I wanted to show off the Magnum is because uh, this particular bottle that we sell at Rust, $5 a bottle is donated back to the BC Hospitality Foundation. Yeah. So I'd like to, uh, you know, send our kudos to that incredible organization and what Dana Lee and her team's doing. So that's why, uh, and we just want to have a bunch of drinks after. And it's me. funny, it's a,
1: f- <laughs> it, you know, delicious, fun wine, blah, blah, blah. You turn the label around lazy river vineyard it's from a place in um uh, the smoke I mean no yeah. yeah yeah so this i mean it's a serious wine in some ways
2: well the back this is always kind of when we thought about rust it was going to be an on-premise focus brand and uh you know i grew up serving tables and i thought wouldn't it be great to have a cheat sheet on the back of the label so yeah. instead of some blah 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 about walking through a vineyard with your dog or that it pairs with cheese we thought we'll just give you the brass tacks of exactly where this wine's from a little yeah. bit about the winemaking and you know just Get the, get the real so info So if across. I'm a
1: young SOM, I can just walk up to the table and say, you know, this is clone 509 and it's uh, fermented in stainless steel and 10% is whole cluster. I mean, you know, yeah. that, that kind of Man. BS
2: gets your tip up at least yeah, 5%. The, the tip is yeah. Yeah, yeah. It Makes it a lot yeah.
10: harder to lie, though, to your Yeah, that's been my struggle. After, <laughs> yeah, you know, Even go. going into market to sell it, you really have to know what's in that bottle. So yeah, it's so
1: true. It keeps you honest. We've been talking to people about the vintage. What's your assessment of 2020 at this point? Like, what what's it looking like, or how? What kind of a vintage will it will it maybe turn out to be? If
10: oh, I think it's going to have some really high points. It's going to have a few of those uh, those eye opener points. Like, I'm learning a lot this year. I think a lot of the growers in the valley are. We've had some phenomenal weather, and then we've had some surprise weathers at different yeah. times. And uh, it, for the most part, it's the fruit coming in is phenomenal. Um, yields might be a little down in some spots, but it really depends on who's farming it mm-hmm. and how. So with us, we're finding we're still getting, you know, fruit coming in and we're getting uh, the, not only the flavor, even though it's coming in early, we're still getting uh, enough of it. So... I'm calling it right now. Sommeliers
2: are gonna love 2020. <laughs> yeah. Accountants are gonna hate it. Yeah.
1: Accountants <laughs> right. are gonna hate it. Sommeliers <laughs> will love it. And, and when BC dodges wildfires, you have Oregon and Washington to help you out. So yeah, absolutely. Why what, would we What does that? It? What does a couple of days of smoke mean in terms of the harvest and depends what's on happening in the vine or the, the delay or is it? What, yeah. What? So
10: it depends on where we're at in the season. Right now, we've still got some varietals that are going through kind of the late stages of veraison Yeah. Um, where they're starting to change color and ripen, so they'll be a little more susceptible as the skin softens some of that smoke flavor might stick around yeah but uh as long as we're not getting ash settling we should be able to keep it fairly clean coming into the winery
1: it seems cooler though with
10: a (laughs) yeah so you're losing a lot of a lot of the uv that comes through yeah um and the airflow is really down so trying to keep things clear or clean and having that airflow um it makes it really hard to you know know how fast it's going to ripen because everything slows down you're just not getting that sunlight where you need it
1: you should be a viticulturist. You sound like you know what you're doing.
10: Oh, you. I, I yeah, I, I make most of it up, but that's how I got hired yeah. here. So <laughs> I mean, if he you know gets
2: these yields up, he'll definitely be promoted.
3: There we go. Yeah. What's your biggest challenge?
10: Farming. <laughs> <laughs> so everything. Yeah. Basically, uh, getting out of bed's a hard one some days, but it's no. Um, a um, the, the hardest challenge is just with with having five vineyards in different sites, plus consulting with some of the other growers we have. Um, just making sure that everyone's following the new, the new system that we're going through with, you know, less intervention, farming a little bit smarter and, uh, farming with purpose, which is, it, it shouldn't have to be said, but there's a lot of people that just do go through the motions because that's what they were taught and we need to adapt. So adapting vineyards that have been however many years we've been around as a company that have been kind of farmed or mismanaged a little different, um, just trying to rehabilitate through all of this and the challenges that come with a year like this where we don't have the staff or we don't have Sunlight when we're trying to ripen fruit, you know, there's a lot to learn.
1: If you decide to go biodynamic, Jesse is your man. He Mm -hmm. can talk about horns till the cows come home. Oh, absolutely. He'll
10: talk the cows home and then cut the horns off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, much
2: to Brett's credit, before I lambast him for this short crop vintage, um, when you walk through the vineyards about two years ago, it was kind of like a moonscape and it was traditional farming. And uh, since Brett's taken over, now you walk through these vines and you got clovers and flowers up to your knees, and there's a buzz. In the energy in the air, yeah. and I know it sounds cliche, and uh, you know how much I love my cow horns, but uh, yeah. this <laughs> is a genuine difference since Brett's taken over that I think uh, is ultimately going to really translate into our wines. It will take
10: s- a couple years, but we'll yeah. we'll start to see that healthy soil, which yeah. will translate into our vines, and and we we're putting the faith and the belief into it, and. I'm putting the energy into it.
1: We're almost out of time, but Rust, people can go there. Tell us where Rust is. Well, how do you get there?
2: So I like to say that Rust is the most southerly vineyard on the Golden Mile Bench. Okay. Uh, so kind of halfway between Oliver and Asuyus. It's, you know, a little off the beaten path, but it's... Road
10: 16. Turn right on 16, Road 16. that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: zen. It's like the Jamaica of Canada. you got to check it out. It is beautiful up <laughs> at the top of the hill there. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're there most days, right? <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, great to catch up with you. Good luck with the harvest. Uh, Thank you. We're gonna going to eat it. Going well so far, but there's plenty of time left. So oh, yeah. we'll see what happens. We're,
10: we're just at the beginning here. So,
1: Brent Thiessen, he's the manager of viticulture for uh, Rust Vineyards and Mount Boucherie. Jesse Harnan is the general manager for both. And uh, these are fun guys, modern wine guys. We love it. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show.
10: Thanks for having us. Pleasure.
1: You're listening to the B.C. Food & Wine Radio. More coming up. Rhea Kitch of Kitch Wineries just across the lake will join us next. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. It's the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network,
0: presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save-On Foods.
6: The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers
8: in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. The <laughs> Kalmana Family Estate Winery would like to welcome you to visit their spectacular winery in the heart of the Okanagan's Golden Mile Bench. Guests can enjoy seated tastings of six of their signature wines for up to six people per reservation. Feel comfortable knowing that rigid social distancing and cleaning protocols are in place to ensure the utmost safety of staff and guests. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Open 10 to 5 daily. Call or visit culmina.ca for reservations. Tinhorn Creek Vineyards has opened its doors. Visitors are welcome to stop by the wine shop for both sales and tastings. The award-winning Miradoro restaurant is now also open for table service and takeout. Reservations are required. Can't make it in? Take advantage of free shipping on orders over six bottles or send wine to someone you love to show them you're thinking of them. Curbside pickup is also available for online and phone orders. For full details and the latest updates, please visit Tinhorn.com. Now back to
0: BC Food and Wine Radio.
8: Here's Anthony Gismondi
0: and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our next guest joins us for the first time live. Great to see you, Rhea Kitch. She's a co-founder and proprietor, co-proprietor of Kitch Wines.
11: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for having uh, you. We're delighted to, to see you uh, here at Mount Bushri. Uh You've just come across the lake. Why don't we start there? Where's Kitch? How can yeah. people find it?
11: Great question. Kitch is in East Kelowna. We are right off East Kelowna Road, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, we're right on the bench, same as the crow flies from Tantalus, for example. Yeah. Um, and really kind of central between the airport and downtown.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Did you pick that spot specifically, or how did that all end up?
11: You know what? We picked that spot as a family. Living there is really handy. Again, it's right between downtown and the airport of Kelowna. And then when we planted vineyards, it felt like, wow, this would be really handy for people in Kelowna. They don't have to maybe go so far south or mm-hmm. north to experience vineyards. And this,
3: this is the first winery we've had on that's been launched by Underwear.
11: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that probably... I don't know if there's many others that can say that in general. It seems like... So it's a
3: great success story. Just, mm. Just
11: quick snippet yeah yeah basically my husband Trent I met him when he was in the middle of uh, designing and launching Saks underwear and I am not familiar with that issue because I'm a woman but it was a men's underwear line developed to prevent contact and help keep men more comfortable I thought it sounded intriguing and uh, interesting and so I had my business degree as well we kind of hit the streets did a lot of guerrilla marketing ended up growing it in Vancouver and ultimately selling it to a distributor in Vancouver before buying the property that we bought in East Kelowna, which is now beside the winery.
3: And this was your dream.
11: The winery, I think, was in hindsight driven a little bit more by me. It definitely is a little bit more in my category, but I think the notion of what we wanted to bring to the scene where we are from was joined.
1: Uh, There's a connection, though, because selling underwear and selling wine were both poorly done for a long time. (laughs) Totally. Uh, So what did you learn from the underwear business that you took to the wine business? So much. I bet. We
11: call it CPG. It's consumer packaged goods. And so there's a lot of similarities in distribution, retail, pricing, um, what the customer wants, expects, what's maybe some vacuums or holes in the market. Uh, So yeah, distribution, manufacturing, production, marketing, all those things are really similar. and I think coming out at, at a place of something that hasn't been looked at or reinvented for a long time, be it years, decades, deserves Centuries. a little Yeah, deserves a little like relook and a little yeah. fresh perspective. And that's what we're doing both. Well even both the ways. bottle.
1: I mean the bottle hasn't changed in Correct. In, in over hundred years. More than that. So that's, that's what
11: Trent talks about all the time. If you change yeah. the package, sometimes that's just enough to really Peak interest. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Uh, of course, y- you have to start with good wine. You you that's won't have right. any success if the wine isn't any good. But once Same the wine the is good, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. Th- uh, that's what I like about it uh, what is the ethos? What's going on at Kitsch? Like, who do you want to be? What what is the kind of wine you want to make?
11: Wow. Great question. The ethos is like you just said, quality first. Uh, that though, I would say is very similar across the board. So that doesn't differentiate us. I think that's just the pedestal, the foundation you have to stand on in order to sell what you're doing. You have to believe in it far and away. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the ethos is really about creating, uh, memories for people and making it, uh, something that people feel is approachable, but of high quality. Mm-hmm. So finding that really sweet spot between fresh and, and invigorating, but not cheap and cheerful, uh, really making sure it's sophisticated and refined, but everyone feels like they can be a part of it. Mm-hmm.
1: But you brought Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, so you you have some focus. That's right. Although you've got a lot of great wines. Thank you. Uh, I know we talked about this before, but I thought Block Party was one of the best named wines I'd seen in ages, which is really what attracted (laughs) me to your winery at the start. Oh, cool. Well, how did that come about?
11: Yeah, so we have five blocks, and those five blocks are four varietals, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, and Riesling. Uh, So we are focused in that sense. Uh, And then we had an opportunity to uh, crush a little more juice, because if quality's first, typically the first juice you press is of the best quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had residual juice. We felt we could make a really great blend, and with the Pinot Noir, especially, you have a little bit of color, a little bit of fun, and they're all the blocks of the vineyard getting together in a bottle. And and I I didn't love the Names Field Blend or hard pressings, not to put any of those wines down for me as a marketer i felt those wouldn't speak to quality and kind of the liveliness that was the ethos of that Mm. that product
1: and here i thought maybe you had a lot of block parties on your street we
11: did that too i think (laughs) we also like are a bit known for our events uh pre-covid of course
1: yeah Uh, Well, it's an exciting business. Uh, What excites you about the wine business now that you're in it?
11: Yeah, I think... Up to your neck, so to speak. (laughs) Totally. I think there's a huge appreciation for the farming element. And the, uh, you know, I say uh, Mother Nature is our... We're the benefactor and the, you know, at the mercy of Mother Nature. So I think that's a big part of what I've come to appreciate. And then the biggest thing I always find is sharing the wine with people. So seeing people having such a good time... enjoying the wine and we've had your wine yeah and we've had people come back to the winery who've told me about the story of the last time they were there this monumentous thing in their life and they've come back to celebrate that at kitch because that was the best moment of their day life Uh year and that's that's amazing it it is is. amazing
3: you have a new winemaker
11: yeah we do graham pierce has joined our team and we're mutually you know over the moon it's been a really great fit this is his first vintage so i'll report yeah. back um yeah. but i'm i'm super confident and we have a lot of mutual kind of friends and it just feels very natural like he's kind of part of the family mm. hmm uh
1: well let's talk a bit about these wines the sure. chardonnay the kit chardonnay we have the 2018 chardonnay and the 28 uh pinot noir yes why did you make these wines
11: Great. While we grow them. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) Good answer.
11: Right? Uh, So, Pinot and Chardonnay both grow really well where we are. So, being in that North Okanagan region, cool climate, a little bit higher elevation uh, than where we are today, really lends itself to these two varietals.
1: Oh, that sounds like a shot there. A little higher elevation. Yeah, I love it.
11: Well, it's like, you know, for (laughs) people that care about these things, that's a thing. Elevation is a thing. Um, So... We made these wines for, uh, you know, again, approachability. The Pinot Noir, we have a more reserve line. This is our, um, it, it's it's still a beautiful Pinot Noir. We uh, charge $40 at the cellar door, so it's not, you know, uh, a low market, but we have this kind of entry Pinot Noir for us. And then the Chardonnay is um, basically unoaked. It's It's aged in some neutral oak, but it's kind of that fresh um, Chardonnay where you're going to be able to drink it early and you can also save it for a while because it was aged in oak so it's it's the reason we made them is because we grow it but we're trying to we're trying to create really beautiful north okanagan wine
3: Mm. and there's a great story with the um charity with the chardonnay charity
11: yeah so a big part of our ethos um, which you asked about tony is is give back meaning we can't do it alone nobody can and the community is only healthy if the community is healthy and and we realize realized that's global. So with the Kitsch Chardonnay, we've partnered with Tentree, which is a BC-based organization that plants trees for, uh, usually it's apparel. They have a, a clothing company, mm-hmm. but we partner with them. And they actually did a partnership with Stanley Park Brewing uh, last year. So for every bottle you buy of the 2018 Kitsch Chardonnay, we plant five trees in Madagascar. And those seem far away, but The world is small, as we all know now. Something that happens in California affects us largely. Yes. Something that happens far away affects us largely. So in this particular project, mangrove trees protect the divide between the ocean and their agricultural land, and those mangrove trees have been removed, and now all of their topsoil washes away every time it rains. So it's an initiative to plant mangrove trees that protects the agricultural topsoil, and it also employs women and locals. That's who gets paid to to, to, to plant that. these trees yeah. so it's like you know promoting employing women locals and farming and the environment so for us it's a no-brainer
1: fantastic mm, thanks yeah really nice uh but you're a fun winery too you're serious but fun yeah. uh, if i join the wine club what kind of fun can i have at Kitch?
11: yeah so the wine club gets first dibs on events which historically sell out really quickly for us and especially during these times when numbers are so much more restricted it's very limited and what we like about again going at it from approachability is we have more shipments of less wine so we have uh three shipments of year of four or eight bottles so on people's credit card bills and and even in their cellar it doesn't feel like this big lump lands, and uh kind of spreads out the fun through the year Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: it's really good uh uh I'm. Uh, we talked to other people about uh, this sub GI up. Where you are, you are you pushing for that too to get some just a bit more coverage for the region?
11: I think so. I think that would be good for us. I think it really helps the customer understand because the Okanagan is a very wide stretching area and it's mm-hmm. often lumped together. Yet it's very different from north to south. Yep. Uh, for us in that region, it feels like it would be beneficial from a, a consumer understanding standpoint.
1: What about the the retail strategy now? Like you're selling obviously direct from the winery. Where yeah. else? Are, where where can people find your wines, or what's the easiest way to get to Kitsch?
11: Yeah, thanks for asking. We sell online since March. Our online sales have really uh, grown. I think people have really. Signed on to the fact that they can ship wine to their door, and how handy is that? Yeah. Um, but we're also in many private liquor stores across BC and Alberta and even into Saskatchewan and Manitoba now. Mm. Um, we're in a few BCLs locally in the Okanagan. Oh. Yeah. So that's kind that's of a cool local initiative. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: That sounds fantastic. So you... you you seem to, like you've got it all covered.
11: Well, no, I think <laughs> we definitely can never feel that way. The market's always changing, the season's always changing, yeah. the people are always changing. But I think and um, you've even
3: changed the spelling of club now it's wine club with the well, cake. You know, I know a marketing Why person. Not? <laughs>
1: Why not? Why uh, not? What's next for Kitch?
11: Yeah, Kitch's goal is to expand. We've been in our parents' garage since we started, which has been very gracious. Uh, But the goal is to have... What a
1: great set of parents. Right. I'd never thought of asking my parents to open a winery.
11: (laughs) Oh, they're so amazing. Last night, we actually had an event, and I didn't even tell them we were going to do it in their house. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did, and then I called... Um, My mother asked her today and I was like, so I I had to move it inside. She's like, I know the, you know, security cameras alerted me of all these people coming in and out. And she was was like, but that's totally cool. She's like, of course it's smoky. You can't have them sit outside, Ria. No No. problem. Like (laughs) they're so amazing. I'm
1: guessing your father has a lot of underwear.
11: You know what? I don't ask him, but I—I <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs>
1: well, if he lets you do that. My God, yeah, dude. he has That's access. That's
3: amazing. When's your next wine club shipment? Like, I wanna—I wanna join your club because—and you can do it. Just four bottles, even.
11: That's right. And you can do it online. Um, so the next shipment is in the end of October. And there'll be Wine Club gets new releases. So we have our premium Pinot that I spoke to. That's going to go in there. It's a five barrel Pinot program only. Um, and then we have a, a special barrel le- release Chardonnay and our Blanc de Blanc. So it's kind of the fall shipments, our fancy shipments, so to speak. And uh, that'll go end of October.
3: And you'll get these beautiful tasting sheets.
11: Get the beautiful tasting sheets. And we often pair with a local. Um, Uh, vendor of some kind. So we've put in carrot chocolate before, or we've put in, you know, Okanagan lifestyle. And and we're going to have, I think, some, a special little gift in this one too, that people will enjoy.
3: How can we join?
11: You can join online. Uh, You can also send us an email at info at kitchwines.ca. And, uh, you know, you can give us a call for sure at 250-864-6404.
1: Ria Kitch, uh, co-founder and co-proprietor of Kitsch Wines. Great to catch up with you. You don't know Jesse Harndon, do
11: you? Oh, I might have heard of him.
1: Jeez, you two guys, I don't know. All <laughs> on, the same, on the same show, uh, the energy levels off the charts. Uh, welcome to the BC wine industry.
11: Thanks for having they me. They need
1: you desperately.
11: <laughs> We're here.
1: Uh, thanks for joining us on the BC Food Wine Radio Network. We'll catch up with you soon.
11: Thank you so much. Have a great day.
1: we got to take a quick break. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine
0: Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods.
7: Fall has arrived. Celebrate the harvest at Black Hills Estate Winery with in-person and online tastings. Relax on their comfortable and spacious patio and sample the newly released Viognier and the rare and coveted Carminiere. Their wine educators are eager to tell you about this lost grape of Bordeaux and how it grows in the South Okanagan. For more on the virtual tasting program or to book a seat on the patio, visit blackhillswinery.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more.
4: Stuck at home, planning your next getaway without the airfare? Think Therapy Vineyards. Imagine staying at the Inn on the Vineyard, overlooking Lake Okanagan and Giant's Head Mountain, sipping the latest releases, all within steps of your luxurious boutique-style room. It's the ultimate wine lover's getaway without the flight. For a limited time, B.C. food and wine radio listeners can save on their stay at Therapy Vineyards. Just remember the code Gizmondi when you book online at therapyvineyards.com.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm
3: Casey Wilson.
1: Uh, We're wrapping up the show today. We've had a great uh, start to our uh, grape escapes here in uh, the Okanagan Valley. Uh, So much great time uh, has been had here, just in West Kelowna. Of course, we're going to spend uh, next week up in Naramata, but uh, we we really enjoyed our stay at Mount Bouchery. Uh, it's it, it's I often say to people, I wish I could have been at you know Mouton or any of these great worldwide wineries when they opened. Yes. And I bet none of them looked like this kind of a place when they opened.
3: No, and we've met so many wonderful people, Tony, up here and in uh, very interesting winemakers. There's really kind of a shift now. A lot, of, a lot young, of young people. Yes, a lot of young men and women.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ria Kitch, full of energy, Jesse Harnden. Uh, the dinner we had last night at the uh, Modest Butcher here was just incredible. Like, really, folks, uh, the menu is spot-on wine country, but sort of hip West Coast kind of thing going on. Not Not that old California style.
3: And when I think of Jesse, I think of he's full of yeah that's the word i was looking for
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh and also we've had a chance to more importantly to immerse ourselves a bit in the harvest the harvest is underway now so we're learning lots about the harvest It's going to be smaller uh in terms of volume which probably will be okay in a covid year it's uh, because of all those restaurant accounts that have been lost but we've also learned that retail is really picked up uh, for VQA wines. And the most of all we've learned that uh, consumers are adapting quickly, buying wine and having it delivered to their door. Uh, which you like. You like deliveries to your door.
3: I do, and I had one this morning because I got locked out of my room. Yeah. In my pajamas.
1: You did. That was a the, well there are many Casey Wilson stories, but I came downstairs to do the dishes cuz no <laughs> one else did them last night. And some guy walked in with a key, and I said to Mike Whittingham, our producer, who's that? He says, oh, he's got a key for Casey. She locked herself out of her bedroom. <laughs> I had no response for that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we've had a great time, and now we look forward to going down to the Naramata Bench. Uh, we're going to stay at Therapy Vineyards at the Inn. Fantastic place. Beautiful. I can't, can't wait to get there. Uh, check out maybe the village in Naramata and uh, just uh, cruise along that, uh, because they're at the very northern end of the bench. We'll cruise along and see what's going on with all the new wineries. And, uh, <clears throat> and our old friends at Hillside, we're going to catch up with them. So lots to report back on uh on the next shows on the bc food wine radio network so we want to thank everybody for joining us today special thanks to uh mike whittingham who works laboriously here and i tell you to put on a show uh during COVID because we we have to be uh, so many meters away from everybody we got to clean all the equipment between every interview uh uh, stu ferguson uh, helping us with that too Uh, so we're very thankful to those guys and of course back in the studio in vancouver Uh, Anissa Hetherington, uh, who makes us sound a lot brighter than we are. She sure does. Yeah. So, uh, folks, uh, if you're thinking about it, now's the time. Uh, We we sense there's a few less people up here than there was in August and July. It's it's really kind of a nice time to get up to the Okanagan and... and, uh, just tour around and, and almost at every winery now because it's been pushed back a bit almost every winery you stop at going to be this morning i got here they're pressing grapes they're they're doing all kinds of stuff outside that you can just sort of have a peek at and, and really immerse yourself into the harvest
3: and all the restaurants have reopened
1: yeah uh, that's another thing and they've all got their heaters out so for the next month or so probably right through past thanksgiving you can have a lot of nice outdoor dining as well in the Okanagan. So, folks, don't be afraid. If you have the time uh, to get up here, now's the time to get here. Thanks very much for joining us on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. As we say, plenty more to come in the next couple of weeks from the Okanagan. But for now, I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wells. And we're wishing you a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey
0: Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.